Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by MasterCard. On today's episode, we chat to former Australia captain Lisa Stalaker about Australia's shaky start to the ICC T20 Women's World Cup. We'll also bring you up to speed on Australia's Qantas tour of South Africa. But we start with our MasterCard moment of the week. And this week, we're going a little bit left field. Or is that right wing? Now, just to be clear, the Unplayable Podcast is not a political program, nor does it have any strong political feelings. As far as we're concerned, the highest position in the country belongs to that of the Australian Test Captain Tim Payne. But just the other day, United States President Donald Trump gave a speech in India and old mate did his best trying to win the crowd over by dropping a bit of cricket knowledge. Fair to say, he's dead set Mr. Straight One here. Have a listen. Where your people cheer on some of the world's greatest cricket players from Suchin Tendulkar to Virat Kohli. Uh, look, he's done messed up there, but at least he gave it a crack. So for that truly horrific pronunciation of Sachin Tendulkar and Virat Kohli, the Prez is our MasterCard moment of the week. Now, before we speak to Lisa Salaika, let's quickly bring you up to speed with the Aussie men's team in South Africa. Australia obliterated the Proteas in the first T20 at the Wanderers by 107 runs before the host struck back to win the second T20 by 12 runs in Port Elizabeth. The series decided takes place in Cape Town, a wonderful city full of mixed memories for a few of the Aussies. The third T20 begins at 3am AEDT on Thursday morning. You can watch it live on Fox Cricket and the KO Sports app. But if you'd understandably prefer to sleep, wake up and get all the scores, news and highlights on cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. All right then, let's hear from Lisa Salaika the day after Australia scraped through for a five-wicket win over Sri Lanka in Perth to keep their T20 World Cup title defence alive. Elisa Staleka, you're speaking to us from Perth. So straight up, what did you make of Australia's tense win over Sri Lanka on Monday night? Well, it was a win, wasn't it? And that was the most important thing, uh, the fact that Australia lost the first match to India. They need to win uh, every next match within their pool. Uh, Sri Lanka came out hard again. No surprises that... uh, Shamari Adipatu is um, is pretty impressive with the bat and she put the Australians under pressure again. Um, the only issue for Sri Lanka was that she didn't really have anyone to go with her this time, unlike in the warm-up match where they beat England comfortably. Uh, Australia bowlers, I thought they handled themselves well. Uh, I mean, they, they have in the past kind of uh, succumbed to the pressure and, and kind of get lost with... with you know, the striking ability of someone like a Chamari Adipatu or Harman Preet Kaur. But uh, they've got they've got different plans. They kept their nerve, which was really good. And, and it felt like 122 runs that Sri Lanka put on the board was a total that certainly Australia would chase down and chase down comfortably. <laughs> Credit to the Sri Lankan bowlers. Um, Prabhadani is, um, she swings the ball so well. And obviously getting Elisa Healy in the first over and then Ash Gardner for two. Um, and then Beth Mooney going as well in Australia, three for ten. 
uh, all fans of the Australian women's cricket team, I'm sure, just sat there going, huh, what's going on? This isn't part of the script. Yeah, but they scraped home. Meg Lanning undefeated in her 100th T20 National for Australia and Rachel Haynes with a crucial 60, a return to form for Rachel. What's not clicking for the Aussies right now, Lisa? Uh, it, I mean, from a bowling perspective, I think that there's, you know, they're, they're on the right path. Uh, Megan shoots, uh, bounced back well. You know, she, she's probably found the, the back end of the tri-series, uh, sorry, the bit of the tri-series and then obviously against India didn't quite go to plan. I think, they're, I think they really are missing Taylor Vilanik. Um, I think she would have provided just the firepower that they needed, someone slightly different, um, you know, someone that not every team has. So they probably had to rejig um, what their playing 11 is. And we saw that uh, Annabelle Sutherland was dropped and Nicola Carey came in. She... She was able to bowl well, picked up two for 18. I think that's probably a better balanced side. Um, the only real question is about Molly Strano. I mean, she picked up two for 23. But so small and you, where is she at with her injuries? Is she good to go? Because um, she might be another option for them as well. Um, but the batting side of things is really what's, what's probably costing Australia. The fact that Elisa Healy, apart from the first match against India... Um, has been struggling. Beth Mooney was good in the tri-series. Ash Gardner has only really come off once or twice in the last probably six or ten innings. So it was an important inning for Meg Lanning. Um, she had a bit of luck. Uh, they, uh, Sri Lanka reviewed uh, one of the caught behinds. Uh, she actually hit the keeper's glove, so there was, there was a sound. So you can understand why they went up. Problem is that a, you know a few overs later, Meg Lanning did exactly the same, but this time she hit it and uh, Sri Lanka didn't have a review. Whereas Rachel Haynes, um, she's gutsy. I know there's a, there's a lot of questions about Elise Perry and where she's batting and, and what, what the Australian order is doing. But because they've got a plethora of left-handed batters, um, and they can basically go, who's got now? Is it a left or a right-handed? Right, in you go. So um, that's why Elise Perry dropped down. But Rachel Haynes um, gave them a few chances. Um, thankfully, you know, the, the rope got in the way of one and, um, you know, dropped another one. Uh, but she chanced her arm. And you want your senior players to step up in the most crucial moments. Uh, and Australia were under the pump, no question about that. And Lanning and Haynes were able to do exactly that. Fortune favours the brave Lisa. Uh, what about that batting order? You said that they've um, gone left, right, left, right as best they can. Rach Haynes said after the game that it's all about role clarity for the Aussies. But do you like to see that fluid batting order where it's always changing or would you prefer to see players set in stone in, the, in their spots in the, in the top order? I, I think the fact that in this T20 game uh, you've got to be flexible. Uh, in that press conference, Rachel Haynes said that she actually doesn't mind it. Um, based on what the, the situation or the role is. The, the group constantly know who's going to go in in, in any given situation. Um, you know, we see it in the men's game and, and the Australian women's team, because of their depth, because of the fact that they can bat pretty much all the way down, means they're probably one of the few teams that can do it. But it's different. It's different to every other team that's playing in this competition. So everyone's going to question it. And at the moment... From, from a batting point of view, Australia aren't flying. So everyone's going, is that the right thing? I think um, they've been playing some great cricket over the, the last 24 months. 
um, and they've had this, they've adopted this mentality. Um, you know, this fearless cricket, this certain style of cricket, uh, the floating batting order. Uh, you don't want to change things in a World Cup. Uh, so I think that they've, um, they've done a really good job. How hard is it to play fearless cricket when you've got the pressure of hosting a T20 World Cup and the expectation of playing so well as the number one team in the world and trying to make that final on March 8 to try and get that bumper crowd of the MCG? How much do you reckon that, that pressure is weighing on the Aussies and, and are they handling it okay? Well, they're saying they're thriving in it and they're enjoying it and they're embracing it. Um, it was interesting, that press conference when Rachel Haynes was asked, she actually paused and she paused for a while. So that kind of tells you that it is playing on the Australians' minds and they'd be silly to think that they're immune to that. And when you lose the first game of a home World Cup, and I've been there, um, you just there's, there's added pressure. And back then it was 09 where people still hardly knew women's cricket existed, whereas at the moment these girls are on centre stage. So uh, it is getting to them. Um, they'll feel a huge sense of relief that they got across the line against Sri Lanka. They do have Bangladesh up next. Uh, they haven't played them as yet. So it is a bit of an unknown for them. But it gives them a chance just to probably play the cricket that they want to, not play the person or play the man, as, they, as we like to say in sport. Just focus on what you need to do to play your best cricket. You mentioned it was a really important knock for Meg Lanning. How do you think she's going, not only as a batter, but as a captain? Look, she's handling things well. Um, the, the Australian team have been put under pressure. There's no doubt about that. And um, as a captain, you, you want to turn to, to your leader and see that they've got things under control. They may not have it under control, but they, they at least look like they are. And, and, and Meg hasn't looked flustered out there in the middle. Um, you know, she's got certain ideas, certain plans. They may not be what everyone's cup of tea is, but she's going with her gut, and I think that's amazing. She needs to stick to what she's comfortable with, what she thinks she can do to get the best out of the players. Um, from a batting point of view, it was a gutsy innings. Um, she, we haven't seen her in her in full flight for a little while um, within the Australian team, so I would expect that knock will give her, as an individual athlete, will give her plenty of confidence. Um, and I expect to see Australia come out and play the game that we often see them play, you know, attacking things flying out of the middle of the bat. And um, everyone should head down to Monica to, to watch them play against Bangladesh. Yep, the Aussies take on Bangladesh on Thursday in Canberra. What about Elise Perry? Uh, she's got a bit of a history with Canberra. Lisa, uh, she's coming back from that shoulder injury. Uh, she's been spotted with it being heavily strapped. I guess that's no surprise coming off that injury. But how have you rated her form in the early parts of the tournament? Yeah, she's, uh, she's been bowling well. She, you know, she's probably played more of a role at the moment with ball in hand. Um, she's looked good when she's executed. Um, she's bowling back of the length delivery. She's getting the ball to shape away. She looks good in the warm up. I've noticed, um, you know, it probably takes a little while for her shoulder to get going, and you catch her every now and again when she throws. She kind of just holds her shoulder a little bit. Um, but that, you know, like you said, that is expected. Um, yeah, I think she's going well, and she'll still play an important role um, for the Australian side with bat and hand. I mean, the fact that she was able to come in. Um, and look really comfortable and, and find the middle of the bat straight away, you know, five not out of four in a crucial time, just shows you she's all right, she's going well. 
And just Don Haynes, least 60 from 47 balls the other night. Player of the match performance. Uh, she struggled leading to the tournament in that T20 try series. Have you noticed anything different from Rach that could be behind the form reversal? I, look, I think um, I think it's set up is slightly different. You know, during the WBBL, she had a horrendous tournament from her perspective. Uh, she came into the try series, still looked a little bit rusty. And then she kind of got a little um, little cameo at the end, and then she was given another opportunity um, in I think in the final, or I can't remember the game now. But she she looked good again, cleared the ropes, um, and was striking the ball well from ball one. And it just shows you experienced players and the Australian selectors and have decided to go with experience. They could have easily dropped Rachel Haynes or she may not have even played in, in the playing 11 based on her WBBL form. But um, you, you back senior players, you back, you back those to figure, to figure things out, you know, when they need to. And Rachel Haynes has done that and she's repaid the favour in runs and winning, winning, a, winning the game for Australia. I know after that, that first loss against India that, some people were daring to write off the Aussies in this tournament. But you just look at their squad. I always just come back to they're a team full of winners. They've won WBBLs. They've won World Cups, both 50 and 20 over formats. Uh, how much having that experience in the back of their mind and being through tournament play and winning these big tournaments will have an impact on the way they play for the rest of the, rest of the campaign? I think it's a huge factor. Um, and, that, and that's the difference between quality teams and... Um, teams that are still finding their feet in in tournaments or ICC events, having been there, done that before, understand the pressure, understand the expectation, understand round games and what's important, net run rate, all of that. Um, this group of players have had that much experience that, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have sat well with with any of them having lost uh, to India and and then even. I'm sure as they're on the plane to, to Canberra today, there'll be a few that will start to think about, right, what do we need to do? How do I just turn around my form? Um, I do feel that the pressure of a home World Cup is playing on a number of players, and um, and that's okay. Um, you know, the, the main thing is that um, they all stick together, that they all try and help each other out um, and kind of share the burden because... It's going to require every one of that 15 to get them across the line to get into firstly the semi-finals and then the final. We've touched on a few of those 15 players, but who else has impressed you on the Aussie side? Uh, look, I've been I've been really happy. Um, I've been really happy with how, from a fielding perspective, they've been they've been sharper. Uh, there's still there's still moments where um, things don't quite go their way. I, I, you know, credit to Molly Strano. Literally two days before the first match, she was probably sitting at home going, can't wait to sit back with my mates and watch the first game. And then she takes the new ball and, and does fairly well. Jess Jonathan, I think she's in, in uh, really good form and she'll be she'll be crucial for Australia. Um, yeah, they're probably, they're probably the standouts at the moment. Uh, and the good thing is that we've still got two, two more round games uh, and it's a chance for the others to, to kind of step up and, and ensure that they play a role. Australia's next opponent is Bangladesh. What can you tell us about the Bangladesh side, Lisa? Well, they've got a lot of spinners. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, you know, that's always been the case. Subcontinent teams tend to have good spinners. They played against India um, after Australia beat 
uh, Sri Lanka, uh, and they weren't far off. Um, you know, the fact that they had India in a little bit of trouble. India were missing Smithy Mandana. Um, and if they were a little bit sharper in the field and then taking some catches and, um, you know, didn't let balls go through their legs for four. I actually spoke to, to the captain after the game and said, how many times have you played under lights? And she said, actually, maybe two or three times. Mm. So um, it just shows you that having your own events means you're going to play prime time. And a number of these teams haven't experienced playing under lights and that that is a different factor you know ball skids on a little bit more getting used to ball up in the in the night sky uh then even from their chase uh they were really good um so uh mushida hatun she scored 30 of 26 and she also looked good in in the practice match where bangladesh beat pakistan um you know and from a bowling point of view uh, they're, they're a most experienced bowler, Panagosh. She picked up two for 25. Uh, and the captain, Salma Katun, picked up two for 25 as well. So their experienced comp- uh, players uh, are going to play another crucial role. They'll, they'll improve, no doubt. Um, but, you know, they're a side that are certainly on the, on the up. Uh, they, have, they had beaten India in the Asia Cup final a couple of years ago, and, and it's pretty much a similar side. They've probably... Um, missed a couple of players in the, from the ICC qualifiers due to injuries, and they're back into their team. So um, they've got nothing to lose. They'll play. They'll play with that mentality. So Australia it will not be a walk in the park. Um, they will have to work hard for the victory. I'll tell you another thing that the Bangladesh side have is the best hashtag of the tournament: fearless tigresses. That's way better than Team India or always rising. Maybe even come on Aussie. Uh, fearless tigresses you like that Lise? yeah I like that it's pretty good let's go Thailand is Thailand's one how about their story just participating in this tournament itself is a fantastic story but uh, they had their first match against the West Indies didn't go uh, to script but it's great to see them in the World Cup isn't it oh it, it, it is it is great actually um, the fact that uh, they you, you, we, no one knew quite what to expect from them um, hadn't seen them play before uh, they won the toss and they elected to bat against West Indies and uh, they looked comfortable out in the middle. They, they, they wanted to score runs. They, wanted, they had the right intent. The issue was that I guess um, the ICC qualifiers and things that they're part of, um, you know, they get a lot more loose balls and they're not going to get that in this tournament. They're trying to figure out how to score. And, and I felt sorry for Thailand because they've come from, you know, hardly any facilities back home. I think there's maybe one or two grounds. But it's a very subcontinent flavoured wickets in the sense that they're low and slow. And then you come and you play your first game here of the T20 World Cup and you play on the Wacker. <laughs> you couldn't have more extreme pitches. And um, they did struggle with the bounce. Like A lot of balls were hitting on the splice of the bat. Um, but uh, I think the fact that you know, one thing that impressed me was their fielding. You know, they, they come from predominantly a, a softball background. So their anticipation, um, they were able to pick up the ball and fire it in. Um, uh, Chai Wai, who was fielding uh, out at backward point, she picked up the ball and uh, was able to, to run out um, Leanne Kirby to pick up the first wicket. And then they were able to run out Deandra Dotton as well by Lao Mi and... Uh, at one stage, Shemaine Campbell was given out LBW and 
the West Indies would have been four for 24, chasing only 79. So that would have been the perfect start. Unfortunately, it was overruled. And uh, the West Indies, through Stefani Taylor and Shemaine Campbell playing in a 100 T20, were able to account for the runs. But it did take them in the 17th over to chase it down. So Thailand, um, you know, whilst they didn't get the victory, boy, they won a lot of hearts with that, um, with that uh, first encounter. I'm going for Thailand. I'm going for Australia, but I'm also going for Thailand. <laughs> um, don't worry. I think everyone is, is um, cheering for Thailand. And simply because um, the, the captain, Hippo, uh, uh, she uh, went after at the, the press conference, uh, oh, sorry, at the post-match presentation, and they said, Nasser Hussein said, oh, uh, did you have a lot of fun? Or how exciting was that? And she said, too excitement, <laughs> you know, just too much fun. Like, so that, and she, she mentioned they've been waiting a long time for this. So they are loving every little bit. You know, she got absolutely collected by one of them. She was bowling and got collected by one of the West Indian um, batters. Now, I've seen many a subcontinent player stay down. The physio comes out. The magic spray is put on. She literally rolls around, has a big grin on her face and gives a thumbs up and gets up and goes again. I'm like, credit to her. Like, bravo. So, um, yeah, they are, they are the sto- I think they are the story of this World Cup. And it just shows you if... Um, you have enough passion, enough drive, and you have um, the environment and the support around you. Anything is possible, and Thailand have shown that. That's outstanding. Uh, who else in the tournament, Lisa, has impressed you, not only as a, from a team perspective, but from an individual perspective? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with Sophie Devine. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of chatter about her taking over the captaincy of New Zealand. Uh, she is absolutely in a purple patch at the moment. Um, especially off the, the back of WBBL, uh, and then obviously um, the series win against Sri Lanka, uh, sorry South Africa, where um, she she dominated. Uh, she came up against Sri Lanka in their first match. They were tested again. It just shows you that this T20 World Cup is is one of the closest ever. But she peeled off 75 runs or 55 deliveries again, held the fort, exploded at the right end. Just a smart cricketer who's figured it out. So. Um, you know, she's always impressive to watch. Uh, Hayley Jensen picked up three wickets in that match. Um, you know, from India, who I, who you know, I've kind of picked to be in the final uh, with Australia. Uh, Chafali Verma, um, young six, 16-year-old, you know, 39 off 17 deliveries, four sixes here at the Wacker. Um, she pl- you talk about playing fearless cricket. She, she just literally sees the ball and hits it and hits it a long, long way. Um, and uh, Poonam Yadav, the shortest player in uh, the T20 World <laughs> Cup. Uh, uh, she is um, causing so many havoc, uh, so much havoc to, to the batters, you know. And as a spinner, you see in this T20 game, every, all spinners go a little bit quicker, a little bit flatter. She's the opposite. She's really tossing the ball up. Um, she's going slower as well, and, and it's working for her. Um, you know, she might get criticised how slow she is and that you can have a cup of tea by the time the ball comes down or read a book. But, um, you know, you look at her numbers so far and um, she's smashing it. Last question. You kind of answered it just before then, Lisa, but what was your pre-tournament pick for the two finalists? And has that changed at all from what you've seen in the first week or so? No, it hasn't changed. Um, I still do think that India and Australia will find their way 
into the final. Um, you know, they've, they've certainly got the, the opportunity. Obviously, India and Australia need to firstly qualify for the semis. Uh, and then from there, they need to win and they can certainly meet into the finals. And I think that would allow us to, to break that world record. Uh, I think it would be a wonderful spectacle. Um, I was there at the 2017 World Cup final at Lords, where it was India and England. So India, always bringing in the people, the home team, always bringing in people. It was a sellout crowd. Amazing moment in women's cricket. And I hope that uh, the 8th of March we can uh, almost replicate that and go to another level. Fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. Where are you off to next? I'm off to Canberra. Going to watch the Aussies take on Bangladesh on Thursday. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll chat to you later. Okay, thanks. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by MasterCard. We will be back next week to preview the T20 World Cup semi-finals and touch base with the Aussies in South Africa. But until then, for all your live scores, breaking news and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app.